You found it! A Scoop of Life is a podcast produced by Square One World Media and features Cheryl Coop as host and storyteller. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast called A Scoop of Life. My name is Cheryl Coop, and I'm thankful that you have taken time to listen. This podcast is a mix of one of my personal stories, sometimes a funny one and sometimes a more serious one, together with music from Canadian musicians, and then concludes with a brief spiritual insight. I hope that as you listen, you not only enjoy it, but sense God's deep love for you and how your story can intersect with his. And now, enjoy the show. The title of this episode is Burmese and Bibles. Sometimes a surprise is a great gift. Usually when I travel, I have at least one other person join me. However, when I traveled to Taiwan and Australia, things were different and it was my first big solo trip. The trip was a combination of ministry-related and vacation time, with a large international conference in Taipei taking me to Taiwan and seeing Australia as well as visiting a friend there covering the vacation time. The day before I arrived in Taipei, there had been a huge typhoon, followed by several earthquakes. So upon arrival, the city looked like it had had a bit of a rough bout and had lost the fight. Trees, pieces of homes, and other debris lined the streets. Streetlights were out, and people looked weary from the battling that had taken place over the course of the last 48 hours. Thankfully, the hotel where I was staying was still in good shape and could accommodate me for the duration of the conference I was to attend. Shortly after settling into my room, I decided to take a short nap to get rid of some of my jet lag. Sleep came quickly but was interrupted by the shaking of my bed. As I awoke, I realized that the shaking of my bed was an earthquake and looking out the window confirmed it for the hotel skyscraper I was in was swaying in the opposite direction of the one right next to the hotel. It was the most interesting way to wake up from a deep nap being jostled about by an earthquake and watching buildings sway as a result. Being on the 22nd floor made it all the more interesting, for if anything had happened to the hotel, there was no way to get out quickly. The trip was getting more exciting by the hour. Who knew what might happen next? The next day, upon arriving back at the hotel that evening after hours of meetings, the desk clerk let me know there was a message for me on my room phone. I was so surprised that I might have a phone message and then quickly became concerned that something had gone wrong at home with my parents or someone else in my family. Once in the room, I listened to the message and, to my relief, it was no emergency. The message was from a gentleman with a lovely British accent who lived in Taipei and he explained that he had received my name from the conference organizers as someone who might be willing to preach in a local church. It was such a surprise to have a phone message from a stranger about my availability to preach, for it was something I didn't do that often, and certainly not in a foreign country. However, I was interested to hear the details, and so I returned his call. The voice at the other end was extremely warm, and the gentleman was very kind in his responses to my questions. 
he identified himself as a Burmese businessman who was part of a church that consisted of Burmese people who had come to Taipei to work in blue-collar positions, so many were alone without any family. He explained that the church was a good size and constantly growing as the congregants were inviting other Burmese workers they met in the factories and homes where they were employed. Many had been baptized in the last few months, and there was great excitement in the church. He mentioned that they would not only provide a translator for me, but that they wanted to honor my presence with a potluck lunch of traditional dishes. Although terrified to accept his invitation, I did. For it seemed that God was nudging me out of my comfort zone and to trust him in this foreign country and very foreign situation. We discussed some possible passage for me to preach about, and once we arrived at a decision, he informed me when he would come to pick me up, what he looked like, and that we would be going in his Mercedes with his driver. I thanked him for the privilege of serving the church and told him I looked forward to meeting him and being together with the Burmese congregation. Sunday arrived, and sure enough, a very tall, distinguished gentleman met me in the lobby of the hotel introduced himself, and then led me out to the waiting black Mercedes. On the long drive to the church, I was given more details about the congregation and some of the hardships that many had suffered in their home country and here in their adopted home. The stories were heart-wrenching, and increasingly I felt unworthy to be preaching to a group of people who knew so much about life and finding faith in the midst of unbearable suffering. As we arrived at the tall building that housed the church, we entered through the front door, climbed several flights of stairs, and then on the fourth floor arrived at the church. We took our shoes off, put sandals on, and then entered the sanctuary, where we were greeted by quite a long line of friendly people, of all ages, who held my hand in both of theirs, bowed and smiled as they invited me in. I instantly felt at home even though I could only directly communicate with my host, for none of the other churchgoers spoke English. Thankfully, he had secured a translator and was quick about introducing me so that conversation could flow easily between the congregants and myself. The service started with prayer, worship music, and reading of scripture. And then there was a time of allowing people to pray out loud all at the same time, lifting their prayers of praise or petition to God. It was a very holy time as I listened to all the fervent prayers being said around me. It also made me feel instantly at home, for all that was happening around me was familiar to my faith journey, even though I could not understand a thing. Then it was time to preach, and I was overwhelmed with their willingness to follow along in their Bibles, as well as with their attentiveness. Who was I, the white, rich young woman from North America, to bring the scriptures to these people who had suffered unbelievable atrocities, worked in conditions that were difficult and unhealthy for them, had little or no family with them, and yet desired to follow Jesus Christ with their whole heart, soul, and mind. It was so humbling. They were so gracious, and after the service was over, quickly came to greet me, introduce me to their friends or family that were with them, and to invite me to join them for dinner. Again, I was humbled by their graciousness. The sanctuary quickly became a banquet hall, with a very long table filled with dishes of all kinds that smelled heavenly. Most were unrecognizable as to what they were. 
However, I was eager to be the best guest ever and try a little of each of them, as they had gone to so much trouble to care for me. I was placed in the center of the large table, with the gentleman sitting across from me so he could easily handle translating the conversations that would take place at the table. The food was delicious, and to this day I've pretty much no idea of what I ate. However, the company was also such a huge gift that day, as they were willing to engage in conversation with me and share their lives with me. Once all was said and done meal-wise, then to my surprise, actually to my shock, a large stack of gifts were put before me, all wrapped beautifully and labeled with my name on them. With eager anticipation, they waited for me to open each one and then explained why they had chosen them for me. It was beyond humbling to receive the gifts, for I knew that many had made sacrifices in order to purchase their gifts for me. Leaving the Burmese church that day was difficult, as I had grown quickly to love the people there, who had trusted me to share the scriptures with them, opened their hearts and lives to me, shared a meal with me, and then gave me beautiful gifts on top of it all. The surprise invitation to preach became a huge gift to me, and the experience of their gracious hospitality reminded me of my need to extend gracious hospitality to those who may be very different than I am. Let's listen to Julie Iverson as she sings the song, You Reign, which speaks of how God is over all the nations. Certainly what I felt when with my Burmese friends. Julie was a former Beautiful Unique Girl intern here at Square One World Media and now lives in Southern Manitoba. God, you're near to us when we
How do you tell people around the world about Jesus? At Pentecost, Jesus' followers flooded the streets to tell everyone about Jesus. The people were amazed. We all hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. To help us spread the gospel, visit squareoneworldmedia.com. The time I spent with the Burmese people was many years ago and for a short time. However, to this day still leaves an impact on me. In preparing this episode, I realized that not only do I still have some of the gifts given to me by the Burmese to remind me of my time with them, but the gifts also remind me that I am to be hospitable and gracious to those who God brings my way, no matter how different they are from me. In the book of First Peter in the Bible, there is a section that talks about how living for God involves hospitality. Let me read verses 1 to 10 from chapter 4, as it is recorded in the New Living Translation. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had, and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. But remember that you will have to face God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will let me know not only what you think of the show, but also something that may have resonated with you made you laugh, or encouraged you. You can contact me via the website www.ascoopoflife.com or on Facebook or Instagram under A Scoop of Life. However, let me spell that for you because you may think S-C-O-O-P like an ice cream, but it is www.askoopoflife.com C-O-M, like in my nickname, Scoop. I would love to hear from you. My team here at Square One World Media and I enjoyed producing this episode, and I hope you will come back and listen to more episodes as they are loaded on www.ascoopoflife.com. Mm-hmm.